Welcome to Christian Curious with Dr. Haley Scott of Denver Seminary. What are the challenges we face in today's church and culture in a postmodern, post-Christian era? Dr. Haley believes that in addressing those issues, the church must adopt a missional mindset. Christianity does hold the answers to the big questions of today's culture. Let's join Dr. Haley for today's edition of Christian Curious. Of all the people affected by the COVID-19 pandemic, one has to have a sense of sympathy for those in late Generation Z, specifically those who are supposed to graduate this year. They missed prom, graduation, and all of the other normal rites of passage for high school seniors. This is Christian Curious with Dr. Haley. Last week, we launched into a series unpacking how the pandemic and civil unrest have, have been affecting different generations. For Generation Z, who the Pew Research Center defines as those born from 1996 through 2012, this is the first global crisis of historic proportions. When 9-11 hit in 2001, Generation Z were, was too young to understand it or be profoundly affected by it. For them, there really was no world before 9-11 or after 9-11. It's always been 9-11. But sociologists say that the pandemic and ensuing civil unrest will define Generation Z for their lifetime. Today, I'm talking to one recently graduated high school senior about her experience and views on the world today. Jordan Miller recently graduated from Eleanor Roosevelt High School in Eastvale, California, and plans to attend Norco Community College to commence general study courses in her journey to become a teacher. Jordan, welcome to Christian Curious. Hi, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm I'm good. I I'm happy I got to have something to wake me up early this morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of you kind of a little thing extra different thing to do today. Um Yeah. You know, I have seen a lot of, you know, seniors talk about how discouraged they've been by not being able to do um, what they normally are supposed to do, what they've been looking forward to, you know, their their whole school career lives. And mm -hmm. I'd love to hear from you, you know, your perspective on the pandemic and how it's affected you personally. Uh, um, well, even as you were describing how we missed out on prom and everything that we should have gotten, I felt my heart grow heavy as I remembered how I felt um, throughout those months because I honestly wasn't expecting it to affect me as as deeply as it did, but um, I was devastated. I cried almost every day just thinking about not getting my whole family, um, not having them be able to watch me um, in the way that they should have after 13 years of going through school and I mean, I wasn't, um, I wasn't an AP student um, or in student leadership or anything. So, so I can't even imagine how much more those people would have been affected, um, missing out on the AP test and things like that. Um, but yeah, I was completely devastated, and my whole world was kind of uprooted. Yeah. So for 13 years, you've been looking forward to to being able to graduate and you were sort of robbed of that opportunity. That's really the term that comes to mind. Um, yeah. And I mean, I remember watching my older sister, she's 24 now. So I was 12, 
maybe even younger when she graduated, but I remember just crying even that young and just being so emotional watching her graduate because I knew what a big deal it was, um, yeah. even even at that age. So, yeah, it, it was really, really devastating, but my school, they did their best to make it a good experience regardless for us. So, Yeah, so what aside from, you know, missing these key elements, what has been one of the more difficult aspects of the pandemic? Um, I think definitely the hardest part for me is having to give up um, the social interaction that I had on a daily basis because I consider myself an extrovert in the sense that um, every weekend I was out with my friends at concerts or just hanging out, making new friends and um my favorite thing was going to backyard shows in like downtown Riverside and that the music scene is like my entire life pretty much. And so having, I had five concert tickets bought and ready for the next couple months when the pandemic hit um, for my absolute favorite artist and having to give up those experiences that to me, those make my entire life. That was really, really, really hard for me. You know, that that is interesting to me because for so many years, uh, people have said that Generation Z is the digital generation. You know, you this generation mm -hmm. has never really lived apart from a world of uh, technology and iPhones mm -hmm. and connectivity. And w the theory was is that that generation would be much more dependent on digital technology to connect but, you know, just like I interviewed my daughters who are on the younger end of Generation Z last week, mm -hmm. I'm hearing from you, too, that that physical presence is really important, that whatever you're getting on through social media or however you connect on phones and things like that, it's not, it's not enough. Yeah, and I feel I've even found myself distancing myself from my friends on social media because... There's just, I feel like there's no way for me to express myself thoroughly enough with how I'm feeling and how drastically I'm affected through words over Snapchat or over text. And right. um, not being able to go out with those people as much um, and and have those conversations with them. So I've, it's been, a lot of it's been bottled up because I'm not having those face-to-face -face connections. Plus, I'm just feeling a lot worse than I was to begin with. So before I never felt that I had to have those hard conversations because I didn't, I didn't have these negative feelings to talk about that I have now. Right. And it's, it's so hard. The research shows that it's the reason digital technology is so hard. The reason why we get so tired of zoom, the reason why it's so hard to connect and have an actual conversation online is because so much of what we say comes from body language, like mm -hmm. nonverbal communication is much more important than whatever words we say. It's mm -hmm. how we say them and the expressions in our face. And with digital technology, you're missing all that. And if you try yeah. to connect, it takes so much more energy to, to communicate through these, through just words 
or even emojis, you know, I mean, people don't even really use words, they use emojis. So yeah. it's very hard to have hard conversations and, yeah. and online. Yeah. And it's also, it's so much harder because I mean, I know that a lot of what I do and high school kids these age do, we have our, we have our separate accounts on social media that we have designated for just our close friends where we just use those to vent our feelings and on social media um it's so easy when when you post these negative feelings to just to for everyone to just scroll past them so i've been guilty a lot of the times when i get overwhelmed i just go on this account of mine that has like 20 of my friends and i'll just vent my emotions and when nobody responds because they just scroll past it, it makes it so much worse. So I've actually deleted all of my social media accounts in the past couple of weeks, wow. besides like Facebook to to keep in touch with family because the the social media was having a much more negative effect on me than than it was doing any good. So, yeah. Well, I have a theory that. Um... It is a fact that, that that emotions are contagious, and mm-hmm. I have a theory that we can um, we can communicate those emotions over Facebook and over social media. So when you're scrolling through, you actually you're picking up on people's emotions and their thoughts, and so it's easy for someone to be overwhelmed by the amount mm-hmm. of people that are that may be in distress or may be struggling. And so it's hard to, yeah. you know, if they're not well themselves, how are they going to help? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, And that's another point. That's another point too, is when, when we all have these accounts, because I follow the, these same 20 of my friends and, and I've been guilty too of seeing them, them in distress. And I just don't have the energy myself to reach out to them. So not blaming it on anybody, but I've found myself that, not having the social media is having a much more positive influence on my life. Right. Um, while I'm still on my phone, like I'm not going to lie and say that I've been more productive necessarily with that time, but I'm just, I'm putting that energy into something else. that's not just waiting for, waiting for someone to see what I'm saying or, or scrolling through reading all of these other negative emotions. And, knowing that if someone really does want to reach out to me, that they have my number. And I have had those good friends who have kept contact with me through text. And that's so much more like fulfilling than, than the social media that just feels kind of mindless. So you've eliminated social media as a positive step for your own mental health during this time. What are some other things that, that you've done? What other steps you've taken to, to try to um, buoy yourself up during this time? Um, well, for a long time, um, for the first couple months, I just, I stayed in my room and I just uh, moped, I guess. But recently, um, I've been getting out more. I, I, I don't really have many close friends and so I go out by myself and I've been getting more comfortable with my own presence which is something else that I needed to work on when this all started so um, I really love going out um, and there's like this 
beautiful mountain range and I'll just go sit out there at sunset by myself, um, kind of meditate, read, um, and get comfortable with my own presence and take that time to be completely off my phone, be completely away from everybody else and out in my room um, and clear my mind. I think that's extremely significant point because, you know, the pace of life before the pandemic was frenetic and you didn't have a chance to, to think about these things and to be comfortable in your own presence and to be um, alone with yourself. And mm-hmm. it's so funny because my own daughter t- says sometimes, I mean, she'll, she, like everybody else says, you think too much, Mom, but then she'll go, I'm sitting here trying to think about my own existence. And then I get to a certain point and I can't think about it anymore. And I think that the pandemic one of the good points is it's caused some people to start being reflective and it's changed the mm-hmm. pace of life um, in a way that has made it more conducive to actually reflect on who we are, what we're about, what our purpose is, and just to be fully present in the moment. Mm-hmm. So what do you think you've learned um, about yourself, about the world since the pandemic started? Um, well, I think about myself, I, I've i learned that um, I was really, really dependent on, on other people. Um, and because and, I was out every single day and um, I was constantly using other people's presence as I think a distraction from from my own thoughts that I've had for a long time, and so now when this all started, um, they've just become a lot more prevalent and obviously at the forefront. So um, I've learned to take better, to try and take better care of myself, um, and and like I said, to to be more comfortable in my own presence and. About the world, I've I've learned so much. I've seen I've seen so many videos of of people doing so many beautiful, wonderful things for people, like just um, like a table that someone left out of a leave food and take food for those who need it, like mm-hmm. a drive that that's been maintained for weeks and weeks and weeks, and nobody's came and robbed all this food, and people are constantly bringing more but then i've also seen on the other hand um the grocery store right down the street from my house not even a mile from my house someone got hit um by a car for not wearing a mask in the grocery store oh my gosh um yeah so i've i i see that this has this has revealed people's true colors more than more than i ever ever could have expected um right but it's it it also it also fear makes people act in in irrational ways and that's what everybody is right now we're all so afraid yeah so what do you think that that people are afraid of not just you but what have you seen people being afraid of of your of uh, your generation specifically i mean for me, it's it's death, and I think for a lot of other people, it's death. This this fear that that 
there's this this plague, I guess, and and it's been portrayed as it's so it's so scary. They've they've like the media has made it look so scary, and I'm not saying it's not, but but I've constantly been in fear about my grandparents, and I know that my friends and other people have been constantly in fear about their family members, and I think that's why that's what we saw with people hoarding toilet paper and and food like that. People are so scared for their their families' safeties, um, and that they're willing they're willing to do anything. Yeah. How do you think that um, all of this is going to affect your future? Well, it's it's already started. I I know 100% that I'm starting my first semester of college online, which I know tons of people have done before this, but it's something that I was never expecting. Right. Um, because so most people have that huge most people have that huge freshman experience going on campus yeah. for the first time, the first day of college, and yeah. it's not going to be the same. And so that's another yeah. loss. Yeah, which I'm I'm glad that I had more time to prepare for that though, because I think part of the heartbreak from the end of senior year was just not expecting it. Like I didn't even know that my last day of school was gonna be my last day of school. Um, so at least for the things coming up in the future, I've had time to kind of prepare myself. And I mean, it's obviously, it sucks, but, but I'm, I'm ready for it. Um, I also think that, I mean, at this point in time, I do still want to be a teacher, but I feel like if, if the state of the world keeps going like it is, I think that that being a teacher in this climate is, is scary. And I've seen that they're taking out a lot of curriculum um, in schools that like um, such as like African-American history and just history in general, I've seen in some school districts is being removed. And I do not want to be part of an education system that I don't agree with. Yeah. Well, Jordan, it sounds like that you have, um, started with a great sense of sorrow and you're still having that sorrow but there are signs of significant growth that i hear in your story where you're starting to build that resilient character that you need to survive during times when of uncertainty and times of loss and i think that that should encourage a lot of people that you know, that you could be an example for them to start taking positive steps to take care of your mental health, to start um, grounding yourself in understanding who you are and what your purpose is and and knowing that that things may not always be certain as we thought they were. And mm -hmm. so I just wanted to thank you so much for being with us today and sharing a little bit of your story I think it's important for people to understand how hard it's been for um, high school seniors and people of your age to to deal with this pandemic because mm -hmm. it comes at such a significant point in your development. It may seem like, you know, you're stagnant and it may seem like you're staying in the same place because things aren't changing. And then sometimes we think that, you know, we're, we're okay, we're getting back to normal. And then, 
you know, you go back to not normal. Like I know that mm-hmm. you live in greater Los Angeles and in LA, they have started to shut things down again. And so that promise of opening back up and getting back to normal can really be like destabilizing in a way. So the pandemic has been one thing, but then the civil unrest also has been something that has happened. And I'd love to hear your perspective on um, the civil unrest that that ensued after the death of George Floyd, because that's also important. That's also mixed into all of what's happening right now with the pandemic is a sense of civil unrest. And so what is your perspective on that? well, I was absolutely outraged, along with most other people, by his death and by all other um, unjust um, killings of anyone at the hands of the police. So I had attended numerous Black Lives Matter protests, and it was really, really inspiring for me to go and, as a white teen in an extremely privileged neighborhood, it was really, really empowering for me to go listen to the stories of these people that have been so deeply affected. And it was so, so moving because especially in my neighborhood where we live, it's extremely upper class. And I was shocked that a Black Lives Matter protest had even been organized here because it's not, it's not that not that type of neighborhood Mm -hmm. at all so I was and it was actually created by someone in the music scene with me he's 21 and he formed this Black Lives Matter protest and that was inspiring in itself he'd formed I think three or four protests with his friends so to go and stand with so many other young people that I had recognized from school and seen seen them there with their families and their friends, people who I who I never would have expected to go make steps towards like towards good change. People who I had seen in school behaving awfully, kids, even freshmen kids I saw there. So it was it was beautiful the way that it brought the community together and everybody was so respectful. The police were so respectful and having amazing conversations with the community and it was something that I was I felt really honored to be a part of. What are what was a one specific thing that inspired you? I think seeing how many young people there were but also I think what shocked me even more was seeing how many older people there were. I don't know because we have we have these like Facebook groups that are just they're all very right-wing and very conservative, and I had seen a lot of them blocking promotion of the protest completely, not allowing you to—it was a completely complete uh, peaceful protest, and they were blocking it, tr- talking trash on it, like when, when it wasn't anything, anything bad. So it was really moving and inspiring to also see the older people come out to support as well, because I really did not expect to see that. Right, because it's so easy online to uh, to stereotype people and to put people in mm-hmm. categories and not really mm-hmm. uh, fully unpack, you know, what is happening and what people are trying to say. And so, yeah, I mean, it, it could be very encouraging to see that type of generational 
you know, every generation coming together, you know, everything seems so distrustful, you know, and people are distrusting the government, they distrust the police. And so I'm curious to find out where are you, what, what are you putting your trust in right now? Um, I, I think at the beginning I was very, very angry with the government and the police force. And of course, there's still a lot of that anger there for the way that they handle certain situations. But I've also seen them starting to make great changes, starting to put new laws into place. Um, so that's really, that's inspiring. But I was also just, I saw yesterday that L.A. County completely removed their sex trafficking unit and a bunch of other units from their completely from their department because of this defund the police movement. And that was extremely disheartening because I, I was at those protests and I was signing those petitions and to see that, that those words and that movement didn't go towards eliminating violence, but it actually went towards cutting out, helping children who had been sex trafficked and, the special victims unit that was extremely disheartening and hard to see that you know that's an significant issue too is the defending of the mm-hmm. police and and what that the ramifications of that are going to be in regards to sex trafficking jordan i just want to thank you so much again for for being here and talking with us today and sharing your story i know that people are going to to learn a lot from from what you have shared and Again, I have just, you know, hearing your story, I know that it's been a struggle and I know it's been a hard road, but I really see some signs of of growth in your character. And I think that that's going to stay with you for, for a lifetime. Thank you. And thank you so much for having me. It was great to talk to you and I learned a lot. Well, I learned a lot and, and I'm sure our listeners have learned a lot as well. Thank you so much for having me. You've been listening to Christian Curious. I'd love to hear how the pandemic has affected you. Reach out to me with comments and questions at drhaley at christiancurious.org. That's D-R-H-A-L-E-E at christiancurious.org. Thank you so much for listening and remember to stay curious. Thank you for listening to Christian Curious with Dr. Haley. You can contact her with your comments or questions about today's show at her email. Dr. Haley at ChristianCurious.org. That's D-R-H-A-L-E-E at ChristianCurious.org. You may also learn more by visiting the Christian Curious website, ChristianCurious.org. Join Dr. Haley again next week for Christian Curious on AM 670 KLTT.